welcome to episode one of your path to success with your host, Ruth kearns Volman. This podcast is here to inspire, encourage, and equip you on your leadership journey. In today's episode, I interview Virginie Elias, the Chief Sustainability Officer of the consumer goods giant Procter & Gamble, about her leadership journey. One day, eight years ago, Virginie decided that she was going to make sustainability her job. Two weeks later, she wrote a job description for a corporate sustainability role and booked a 20-minute meeting with the CEO in Cincinnati. The rest, as they say, is history, or in this case, her story. In this interview recorded in June, she shares her story and how being clear on what you want, being brave, not perfect, and being prepared are three of the key leadership principles that have enabled her to succeed in work and life. Enjoy the interview. Today I'm with Virginie Elias, Chief Sustainability Officer of PNG. I'm so delighted to be able to interview you, Virginie. Thank you for agreeing to do that. Um, and I remember, I think that you started your first sustainability role about the time I left PNG in 2012. But when you became the Chief Sustainability Officer, which was a new role in PNG, I sent you a, a note to con- congratulate you because I was just, wow. That Virginie is a good person for this job, but it sure will be a challenge because we know what this space is like, what the company is like, huge, different divisions, uh, lots of work to do. Have there been any times over the past few years where you've thought, oh my goodness, what have I got myself into? Oh, yes. Um, well, thanks for having me, Ruth. Uh, I mean, it hasn't been a, a straight line at all. Uh, indeed, I started the journey in 2011. Mm. Uh, and uh, I would say it was more like a trampoline, you know, it's kind of ups and down, ups and down. Mm. And then there was a big acceleration, which kind of got us over the hump which was really the launch of our Vision 2030 a year ago. Mm. And, and now there is no turning back, you know, and everybody knows it, and, and, uh, and that's great. But that, that it has required a lot of um, internal influencing uh, and change management, really. I mean, that's really what the, the job has been so far. It's to uh, uh, influence um, Mindset from top to bottom, bottom to top. I mean, it's really all levels of the company because we are really talking about culture change and in the case of sustainability and, and making sure that it is an integral part of how we innovate, how we build our brands, uh, all the business practices and, and really the culture of PNG, which is known for being very strong and, and, and also very codified, you know, based on, on strong values. So when, when you want to influence that, um, it's heavy lifting. Yeah, uh, but also exhilarating when you start seeing some uh, some progress. Yeah, because you said last year you got to this point of uh, you know getting over the hump. That was you know where are we now? Like six years of influencing that yes. took you yes. to get to where you yes. are now. And and you know influencing is not just one task. You know it's made of a multitude of what I call tactics. You know I. I, I like to say that uh, I'm uh, running around with my toolbox of things, which because you need to adapt to each leadership, uh, leadership style. You know, you don't. Um, you, you first need to understand people's motivation, and sometimes they don't even know their motivation for for getting into right. a, a journey like this. And, and sometimes it would be, I want to leave uh, the world in a better place for my grandchildren. I mean, that's kind of the high higher order motivation, but sometimes it's just I need to revitalize my business, uh, you know, consumer expectation have been changing, I need new ideas, 
And that's great. I'm taking all the kind of motivation, you know, as long as people embrace this new idea of um, uh, business growth and uh, doing good for the planet and society. And, and uh, so it has been a lot of um, uh, identifying what I call my one person, you know, because I knew from the beginning that I would not get the 95,000 PNG employee into that. And I needed to, to uh, start with the passionate people. Uh, it would have been too much energy and frankly probably too little results to, to go with the skeptics, you know. And, and so I started with my coalition of the willing and people who um, knew there was something there, they wanted to be part of it, they didn't know how. And we started small, you know, it's, it's, it's the concept of the pilot. You start small, you prove success with very little risk. And then when you prove success in, in one part of the business, in one region, one country, then you showcase it. You know, I started and I, all I had was my own internal story of when I, went on the, uh, when I was on the business on Ariel mm. and developed the uh, Turn to 30 campaign, which was the most successful commercially, but at the same time, it was the best thing I could have done for the environment because what I learned after having done it, which is that 80% of the carbon footprint of a detergent is the temperature of the washing machine. So when I encourage people to wash their coal, clothes in low temperature, it was a, a, a huge success commercially, but also the best thing for the environment. And this is really when my whole um, journey started, because I realized that you could actually be a force for good and a force for growth at the same time. And mm. all my challenge has been to find in all our businesses this sweet spot when you can do both be a force for growth and a force for good. Mm. Uh, and so what... You know, what I worked with is, is with all these people who also um, uh, were supportive of this concept and wanted to prove it in their business. And once you have a few examples, you know, one of the high points was uh, in 2017 when uh, in Davos at the World Economic Forum, we had a press conference where we announced the first head and shoulders bottle made with recycled plastic collected on the French beaches, mm. you know, and, and that was a very, very high moment, actually, huge coverage externally, but for me, the most interesting was the impact it had internally, and I, I literally cried reading the email that I received from employees. I mean, some of them telling me that they wanted to quit PNG, and after seeing that, they would stay, because mm. they understood the commitment we had. Uh, in uh, in being a phosphor good. Mm. Uh, and you were really a pioneer because, you know, I work with some people who are at PNG and there's such a, a hunger and thirst to do something which is meaningful, you know, to, to do something where people really feel that they're making a difference. Like you said, whatever that motivation is for them, whether it's about the planet or whether it's about something else, um, to really make a difference. And it sometimes feels in, in such a big company that you're just a small cog in a, in a huge wheel. Um, what's your experience of, you know, making your voice heard and changing people's minds? I mean, the first condition is to really believe in what you do, you know, um, not that I was uh, a sustainability fan from day one, because actually I didn't even know how to spell the word. So it was, <laughs> I had to educate myself, you know, and, and uh, uh, but learning more about it, I, uh, I grew totally convinced that that was the only way to have a sustainable business in, in the financial economics uh, standpoint, you know, and we needed to integrate this dimension. So 
Uh, and what's very interesting is that as I talk more with people, even the so-called skeptics, you know, the more they learn, the more they believe into it. Mm. So, you know, being, uh, and it could apply to anything, being fundamentally convinced that what you are doing is right, and then um, being brave. Mm. You know, being, be brave, not perfect, is one, one of my leadership mantra because, and it's especially applies to women who wants to be perfect yeah. in many cases. And, and here it's, you know, uh, dare to go out without makeup, where I call it, you know, mm. and, and because it's really who you are that will convince people and how you say it in a way that is authentic, um, you, your own integrity, you know, if, if, if it fits with you know, what you believe, with your personal values, you will always be right, quote unquote, because um, you will be authentic. And mm. so, um, so for me, that, that's, that's the key. And, and people tell me, you know, um, your passion, and, and I don't really like that when people put my passion first because it, it's, um, it sounds a bit uh, irrational, you know. For me, it's more the authenticity and the integrity of, of acting on what I believe. Yeah, and that takes courage, that's what I'm hearing. And that takes courage. be brave, not perfect. Absolutely, it takes and courage. Do you have a little story for us of... of you know, how that's happened for you? Because I know you several times, we were talking about it, you've had to go and ask permission for things. You've had to do many firsts yeah. uh, in this yeah. journey. So I think that the story of the creation of my job is is, is a prime example of this. And, and so I, I was saying that after this uh, uh, serendipitous experience on area, really where I stumbled on something that was great commercially and at the same time environmentally, I decided to further educate myself uh, seriously, and I went to this training called One Planet's Leader by the WWF and, and in partnership with IMD in Lausanne. And for a week, I was surrounded with uh, sustainability practitioners, you know, people whose job was to uh, lead sustainability uh, and who master the science of it. And, and, and for me, it was, it was still a dead job. I mean, I was leading innovation for Ariel in, in Europe. Um, and at the end, I learned a lot during that week, but the most important, you know, is at the end when people kind of share their uh, learning and commitment, I committed to the, to the people there that I would make sustainability my job. And I had absolutely <laughs> no idea how I would do that. But because I had committed externally, which became afterwards a key lesson for my job, actually, uh, I had to uh, be congruent with what I had committed. And so I, I decided to, uh, to act on it. And so two weeks after this training, I went to Cincinnati um, to uh, ask a meeting with the CEO. And I had done a bit of research and, and uh, understood that uh, many companies were starting to start sustainability from, from the business, with business people. And so I, I wrote a, a job description, and I got 20 minutes with the CEO, and in those 20 minutes I explained to him why it made sense to, to create a commercial position that would bridge between science and sustainability and, and business, because we had a big, big uh, environmental group mastering the science, toxicologists, biologists, scientists, but they had very loose connection with the business. And I said there is an opportunity to create a role which can bridge business and sustainability. And I said, and by the way, that's the job I want. And he said, okay. And so I started <laughs> from scratch, absolutely no expectation because he really had no idea what I should be doing. And I had one single mission, which was to make sustainability an integral part of how we do business. And to make it easier for him to, to say, yes, I said, I want a job, no team. 
But it was just, it was not just to make it easier, it was part of the mission because when you have a sustainability team and the business has an issue, they yeah. say, go as the team and there is no accountability. Yeah. So I started alone yeah. with a very clear uh, um, vision of what I wanted to do, but absolutely no idea how to do it. And I learned by doing it. Right. So another thing that I'm picking up from what you're saying, one of your keys to creating your own path because that's what we're talking about your journey is you said being clear on what you want but then you kind of put it out there in the world you kind of said oh yeah you committed to these people you've been on the courses this is what i'm going to do i'm going to make sustainability my job and then you went and asked for it um yes i, I mean one of my uh, deep beliefs is that when you have absolute clarity on what you want and this is not easy because yeah. you know many people don't have that clarity they never ask themselves a question and mm. it's uh, it's very hard work to uh, to have absolute clarity mm. on what is important for you and what you want out of life mm. once you have that something extraordinary happens which is that the universe gather itself to give it to you mm. in, in, in several, and it starts with one thing which leads to another which leads to another I have seen that over and over in that job. I knew exactly my mission and I knew exactly why I wanted to do it. I didn't know how, but little by little, I was introduced to people who gave me the first step, which gave me the second step. And I never had to uh, a moment of, uh, now I don't know what to do. Because each time there was something that came to me uh, which gave me part of the answer. And, and so, I mean, and, and I've experienced that in other fields, you know, it's, it's, but it starts with being absolutely clear. I mean, what my... you really want. And it's interesting because we talked about coaching before and, and it's one of the questions that, um, you know, coaches love to ask, what do you really want? But not in the kind of just off the cuff. Now, what do you really want? Yeah. And it does take people time to kind of, you know, find it and express it out loud, what they really want. Because Absolutely. we're all living with expectations of other people yeah. or what we think we should want or, or, or so on. And, and very often we think that what we want is the expectation people put on ourselves. Right. Uh, which is basically how I led my life up to a point which was, you know, it was kind of a, a path defined by others. You know, I... I went in a very good school, I went to the, in France, uh, went to the best preparatory school for business school, which is kind of typical French uh, curriculum. Then I went to HEC Paris, uh, you know, to do uh, my master. And then I wanted to do marketing. I majored in marketing at HEC. So naturally I went to PNG, which was seen as the marketing school. Mm. And then, you know, assistant bond manager, bond manager, marketing director, the, the, the past was yeah. there. I just followed it. Yeah. It was not mine. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, and then two, so two things happened. This thing on the business, which kind of opened me up to, uh, uh, to the world of sustainability. And at the same time, I was uh, leading a training at PNG, which is called Corporate Athletes. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, which is quite amazing. It was designed for athletes uh, to help them manage their energy. Mm. But what I really liked with this training is it was totally holistic. And it looked at the, the physical energy, the emotional energy, the intellectual energy, and the spiritual energy. And it looked for alignment. Yeah. And it started with this big question, what do you really want? What matters mm -hmm. to you? Mm -hmm. 
And so, and, and you know, I trained it so many years and the more I trained it, the more I learned about myself. So it was an amazing catalyst to yeah. force myself to uh, recommit to what I was saying was important to me. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and on the back of it, I, I also started some coaching um, class and became a, a certified coach, which also helps me tremendously uh, in the job I have today. Mm. Yeah. I use corporate athlete quite a lot with people, all the concepts behind that, you know, the, the energy and how we have the right energy. You talked before about, which is definitely a concept I learned in corporate athlete, about preparing. Um, so there's, there's a certain amount of unknown in your job. Like you said, there's some things you, you don't know what's going to happen, but you still very much believe in preparing. Will you share a little bit about what that looks like for you? Yeah. Um... You know, somebody said, and now the name escapes me, but um, uh, I believe in luck, but I realize that the more I work, the, the more luck you I have. <laughs> and, and I think this is so true. And, and for me, it's the same with being prepared. Being prepared takes a lot of work, you know. Mm. Uh, but then when the... So, I mean, the order of things is first, before being prepared, is know what you want. It's yeah. always start with that. And then be prepared because... Um, you never know what the universe is going to get you. And the more prepared you are, the more able you are to recognize that it is actually something that you've been asking for, that is part of your overall mission and yeah. vision. Mm. So it allows you to recognize yeah. outside mm. circumstances, which, which could see if you are not prepared, would look totally random. If you are prepared, yeah. uh, it's obvious that it's part of your project, you know, and, mm. and, and so that's kind of the big preparedness, you know, that's like, uh, but there are smaller one, you know, being prepared when you, you go to a meeting, because the more prepared you are, the more you get out of it. Yeah. And so for me, it's, um, and, and it's, and it's also uh, valid for uh, my personal life, you know, people tend to laugh about this, uh, because my husband, I met him at PNG and, and we have... <laughs> the same kind of formatting. And so we, we used in our, the best tool that we used at PNG, we use it for our family because our family is more important than PNG. And so why wouldn't you use the best tool and techniques, you know, uh, for your family? And uh, so we have this document that um, is basically the document that businesses use for their objectives, goals, with measures and, and we use I know that what you're talking coming. about <laughs> I'm not going to use the acronym for, for your audience but you know you know yeah. what I'm talking about and so we have that for our family what is important for us what do we want to accomplish what are the values and then a very precise action plan which is both for our couple for each of us parents for each of our children when they are younger now they do their own things but and we had you know relationship for each parent to each child so that you, at least you know what would be the best. Now, if you don't achieve everything, uh, that's okay. But we have, we review that and we have amazing discussion, you know, over a glass of wine. And it, it's a very good moment, uh, the two of us. And we review what we've been doing at least twice a year. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then things that have been there and we haven't done anything, we ask ourselves, why? You know, should we drop yeah. it from the list? Yeah. Or should we? That's how I started running. 
because my mm-hmm. husband had put something for the two of us saying we need to, to do marathons. And I said, are you crazy or what? So we kept this marathon on the paper for months without doing anything about it. And at some point I said, okay, either we do it or we drop it. And he registered us for the half marathon in Lausanne. This is where I realized that I could run, that I loved it. I was mm-hmm. running very fast. And after that, I, I ran six marathons, you know. So, but, but, you know, we were prepared because we had this. We talked about it. And, um, and we engaged in it. And it was the most important thing we could do because it's about what matters for us mm-hmm. as a family. Mm-hmm. Same in the business. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you something because... What I see is the intentionality that is there. And the, when you have the clarity, then you know what to say yes and no to. In fact, when it, that's what I'm hearing you say. When something shows up, yeah. which before you might have thought, oh, you know, that's, that's random. Yes. You actually think, oh, that's actually bang on what I want. I'm yeah. going to go there, even though it may seem a little bit strange for other people. Because you know, yes. right, that that's showing up for a reason. Yes. Um, I want to ask you about this, what seems like a paradox between being prepared and being flexible. Because I know that in your job, you have to be very flexible um, and, and adapt. I mean, the world is changing, the business is changing, and, and the, you know, the needs of consumers and, and their awareness is changing. How do you manage that, yeah. which seems like a, something to Yeah, that's a great question, Ruth, and, 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 I, and that's my secret. I think that's one of the reasons why um, I've been able to have it all, both the career, and the family. Uh, and I can, touching wood, saying that uh, I have a wonderful family, three uh, grown-up kids who are amazing, a strong marriage. My husband has a career as successful as mine. And so, you mm. know, and, and so why? Because um, beyond all uh, what I said in terms of um, intentionality, this idea that if you want to say yes to what matters, you need to say no to what doesn't. And I am so um, strong about this idea that you need to have very, very strong boundaries because you need to keep inside what really matters mm. and, and be worthless about it. And if you do that, then you will leave some space for the unexpected. Mm. Uh, uh, but you... Uh, it, and working my calendar has been the key. Yeah. I, I probably am the only uh, leader at PNG who uh, manage uh, my own calendar. Mm. I, don't, I don't let my PA do that because it is the most important thing I have. It's my time. Yeah. And I am the only one who knows exactly you know, how I want to, to manage it. Mm. I have so many external demands uh, that if I don't do that, I will drone and I will sacrifice what's really important so so that's my weekend activity is to manage my week very very difficult and i say no to many and i say yes to the few that i believe are are really important for Mm -hmm. the mission Mm -hmm. and it includes my personal life so i i do a lot of sport i spend many hours uh, doing sport that's both uh, physical intellectual emotional and spiritual energy yeah <laughs> it's all the four and that's they're connected critical. right that's that's yeah. absolutely yeah. and so i uh i build my week around that right this is this is the absolute boundary yeah. you know that's i would cancel a meeting rock, yeah. if i don't have enough time for my for my physical mm. exercise which is much more than physical mm. Uh, so yeah, it, you need to be ruthless. It's very, uh, so obviously it's it's a, probably a bit easier the more you grow in a company. You, 
you know, you, you can do that more. The job I'm in allows me to, um, uh, to do that, but you can do it, I, I truly believe that if, if there's something that I should have done earlier, that, that would be that thing, so, you mm. know. And the other thing I heard was the reviewing, because um, actually I'm going to go through that exercise now, it's halfway through the year, reviewing the goals, and for me, the first half of the year has not worked out how I expected and I can feel myself like I need to go back and look at it. You know, what has changed? What do I need to drop now? What do I need to shift? What do I need to, you know, where do I need to focus? And I hear that you do that. It's so encouraging that, you know, this, that makes such a difference. Yes. And, and also make it very concrete. Yeah. You know, it's not about, you said, I'm not going to, to talk three, three hours with my husband about the big goals we want. No, it's about, okay, if that is important, and we don't review our, our values twice a year. I mean, those do not change. Yeah. What we review is how are we going to nurture them? What are right. the things that we are going to do that show that it is important? Right. You know, mm. let's look at our week. Does that reflect what's important? Mm. And so it's really about the small things. Um, and, you know, all the things that we've done, I mean, as a family and same for the, for the job, but it's a result of this. I mean, we went and climbed Mont Blanc because our personal motto is uh, higher together. Mm. We said, how can we, you know, nurture this? Well, mm. let's go and climb Mont Blanc, you know, and that was a beautiful, symbolic mm. adventure that did, we did together, you know. and mm. and. And again, this is absolutely, you, you can do it in the job and, and in your private life. It's the same principles. So as we draw to a close and you think about, you talked about people's motivations, would you share a bit about your motivation and the legacy that you want to leave for the next generation of leaders? I have written, as part of being prepared, uh, I didn't do it just for this uh, podcast, but I have written my manifesto for the future. And if that's okay, I can read it to yeah, you because sure. it really captures what is my the legacy I want to I want to live. So I dream of a world where resources are abundant and shared by all, where people consume based on their needs, not their greed. And I've discovered the secret of a good life: simplicity, fraternity, and longevity. I dream of a world where me first and ecology are replaced by we first and ecology. Where life is protected in all its forms, especially the most vulnerable ones, and nature's beauty is sought and protected. I dream of a world where the desirable is sustainable, where people with power have embraced servant leadership, and where all of us have reconnected to ourselves, others, and nature. I dream of a world where today's children will thrive. Wow. So what's next for you in this journey? You know, I've always been thinking about what next. I think now I have arrived, quote unquote, because what I'm doing exactly corresponds to what I've always been wanting to do without articulating it, obviously, but corresponds to all the things I uh, value uh, and where I have joy all the time. little bit of stress added <laughs> to the joy, obviously. Uh, but this is just the perfect place to me. So continue to do what I'm doing. Continue to have an impact, because I always say the day I'm not having an impact anymore, I will retire and have an impact somewhere else. 
but this is for me um, the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. Well, I wish you all the very best because it's wonderful to watch a little bit from the outside how your influence is impacting not just PNG but the, but the whole industry um, and the way people are doing business. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Ruth. Thank you so much for listening to Your Part to Success with me, Ruth Kearns-Volman. One of the things I loved about interviewing Virginie was hearing the story of how she stepped off the conventional career path and stepped up to take a risk for the sake of something that she believed in. I believe that the world needs more people to step up like Virginie did and risk being brave, not perfect. Because that's how we're going to change the world for the better. When each of us shows up at our best for the sake of something that goes beyond our personal success and makes a real difference in the world. So as we come to the end of the year and the end of the decade, I want to encourage you to take a little bit of time out to reflect on two questions. The first is, what is really important to me? Sometimes the clues to this are in the things which make us laugh or the things which drive us crazy or the things which make us deeply sad that move us to tears. Those things can point to values or causes or people that we're willing to step up and take a risk for. The second question is the following. How will I step up to honour these things in the coming year? Because it's as we start to step up and honour what's truly important to us that we start to feel alive and have more and more impact. If you're interested in hearing more about my work as a leadership coach, please do visit my website, yourpathtosuccess.ch. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, don't miss the next one, because you'll hear me interview social entrepreneur Simon Gilbo. Simon left a job in the city of London in 1999 to go to Burundi when it was considered to be one of the most dangerous places on the planet. 20 years later, he has come back, having built schools, orphanages, and even the hotel and conference centre with the best rating on TripAdvisor. Not only that, but he leaves behind him an organisation in the hands of local leaders that is helping well over 100,000 of the neediest people every year. In the interview, Simon talks about leadership, and in particular, the importance of relationships, staying true to your values, and moving from success to significance. So why not subscribe now so you don't miss that episode? So until next time, take care and why not give yourself permission to be brave, not perfect? Perfect.